And now, it's time for the biggest bonanza on Blaze Radio. Live from the Bill Austin Radio Studio, this is the College Basketball Bonanza. And this is, of course, the College Basketball Bonanza for those on our podcast platform. My name is Nicholas Sodell. Nick Keneally will be hearing from him, not in studio, but he has provided some pre-recorded analysis for you for a Big 12 preview, including on Kansas. I'll insert here for you guys on the podcast platforms. The Kansas Jayhawks, coming off a national championship win last March, have nothing but the highest expectations for themselves heading into the next season. Uh, and I think that having their eyes set on a Final Four return is completely doable for this team. Uh, with losses to their team like Abzahi, uh, Christian Braun, David McCormack, former Sun Devil Remy Martin, and numerous more players, uh, the Jayhawks will have to make a lot of re- adjustments with this new group of players coming in, as well as some of the returners that they were able to keep. Uh, one major returner for Kansas is Jalen Wilson, uh, who participated in NBA draft combine activities, but ended up sticking around and returning to the team. Uh, though the wing averaged 11 points for the Jayhawks last season and showed a lot of potential. Um, going into the season, the biggest question is if Wilson can become a little bit more consistent, uh, struggling behind the arc at some times last season. Uh, if he can sharpen it up, and I think he can, uh, next season will be tremendous for him. Uh, looking at some of their new players, though, you have to watch Kevin McCuller Jr., the transfer from Texas Tech. Uh, versatile player and scorer. Uh, he's 6'6", but he doesn't necessarily have a position. Uh, he can play and guard the 1-4 through four and do it well. Uh, the biggest concern about him, though, is his three-point shooting, but of course that can be improved. Um, freshman Grady Dick and MJ Rice will both come in and look to make an immediate impact. Uh, first looking at Grady Dick, he's a six-eight guard with a great touch from behind the arc, potentially the best shooter on this team. Uh, looks to be a starter for this team this year, uh, and I have the faith that he will be. MJ Rice, also a guard, is a five-star from Prolific Prep. Uh, he's expected to take uh, longer than Grady to adjust to college level ball, said Coach Self. Um, but as the season starts going on, I think he'll he'll begin to shine in his role. Um, just looking at how their season will go, uh, those potential aspirations to go back to the Final Four may just be justified for them. Uh, looking at the team on paper, but with a lot of major changes to the squad, it will be a, te- a test for Coach Self. For me, for this Kansas team, of course, Jalen Wilson really headlines this team in all-conference 13 player last year, but he comes into this year as the favorite, in my estimation, for conference player of the year. Really took the process of making the next step in his career a lot more seriously this past summer compared to the previous one. He's gone through the draft process now a couple of different times, and Previously, that would be it for Jalen Wilson as college eligibility, but no longer with rule changes made in recent years. And he really learned the competitiveness of that draft process. I mean, you got so many guys, and a lot of the guys in the college game, I mean, you're not really seeing the international guys uh, a lot of times. And with this year's draft class in particular, there are all kinds of guys internationally who are going to make a standout case and the number one pick this year will not be for the college ranks i mean we just gotta accept that right away so really now for Jalen wilson he's taken the last couple of years to really learn gather some advice and i really think he's going to really favor from that particular experience and for me part of that is his consistency from beyond the three-point arc he's really got to show that nick also mentioned kevin mccord jr a Naismith Defensive Player of the Year semifinalist last season and a two-time All-Conference Honorable Mention player of Texas Tech. 
and he's one of those do-it-all wings, very fertile defensively, and he has Big 12 experience. That, for me, is, is crucial. He has experience, and we saw with Remy Martin down the stretch. Didn't quite play too much Martin last year with an injury, but when he came on, he really showed his experience being a key contributor on a college program, and McCuller has that sort of experience under his belt of Texas Tech comes into Kansas, really looking for that. And some of these other freshmen as well. I mean, you got a class here with three McDonald's All-Americans. Grady Dick's one of them. MJ Rice is another. Ernest Udy Jr. Hopefully didn't butcher that last name there. They're all top 30 recruits. They're all, they all bring really their own unique aspects. Grady Dick could be the best shooter of this entire team. Uh, Kansas Gatorade Player of the Year twice. And it's the second K.A. player to come into the Jayhawks with that honor Andrew Wiggins was the other. He's turned out pretty darn good, for sure. And he's expecting the pressure, Mr. Dick. And that's that's huge. You know, when you, when you come in with that much pressure, and, and you know as a freshman that you've done so well in high school, and everyone knows your name, which for some people could be on the all-name team. Let's just put it that way. For some people, that could be. I mean, he, you got to expect that pressure, and he is. So he's really taking that on, and he's really... He's really just embracing the presser, which is just so good to see. And it's a, it's a deep team, solid players, both levels of the court. And then even in the front court, uh, Ernest Udi Jr., again, hopefully didn't butcher that. Top 25 recruit from Florida. He's got great rebounding skills, and he can really embolden himself defensively with his presence. And between him and sophomore K.J. Adams, it's going to be a really good battle for minutes and starts at the center position, I think, throughout the year. K.J. Adams, sophomore who... I is going to be expected to take a huge step up in his role of in his particular sophomore year. But a lot of other players also come into the fray. This is one of those programs that they just reload. That, that's what they do. And even though they lose Ojai Ajabi, even though they lose Christian Braun, David McCormack, Remy Martin, you just reload. And between experience and freshmen, that's exactly what they've done here. And that's not even to mention a Dewan Harris Jr. who could end up taking the point. And he will have to really get better. I mean, just under five and a half points per game and 29 minutes per game is not going to cut it. And I certainly believe he will get himself more involved. May not be that first option. Probably looking at being the fourth option. Uh, but I certainly expect he will take a step up in his production. And that will be key for this Jayhawk team. And, and Nick really said it. This is one of those teams... They might not be a Final Four favorite right now in the preseason compared to programs like Gonzaga and Houston and North Carolina and the upper end of Creighton's expectations. you got so many teams fine for that role as a Final Four favorite. But I do believe Kansas will prove their spot as a Final Four contender throughout the season. I think this Jayhawk team is that good with a lot of the talent that is there. And a Bill Self coach team, you can never rule out of the Big 12 for certain. You can also never rule out uh, a Final Four appearance or even just a deep run to the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. Bill Self knows the process. He has seen it all as, as Kansas head coach. And I certainly believe Self will get this particular program together and really get the pieces working together. He's got the talented freshman. He's got the experience. That mix has proven in the past to be a great mix for success in the NCAA tournament. And certainly Kansas, you have to put amongst those teams who are going to be looking to get the job done when it matters most. To move on to the Baylor Bears, the second program has been the class of the Big 12 over the last three years and really showed themselves once again as a top team 
going into the NCAA tournament as a one, uh, but they just ran into a really hot North Carolina team, and Baylor did a really good job in that game just to send it to overtime. That was a really big thing from the Bears in that, in that second-round NCAA tournament game last March. They did what they had to do just to get back into that game, but North Carolina eventually took care of, of business and went on their run as an eight-seed so, but again, more experience in the Baylor Bears and really just one of the nation's best cultures under Scott Drew. So here is the analysis from Mr. Nick Cantini. Coming off the disappointing second round loss in the tournament last year for the Baylor Bears, they lost a couple key pieces. Jeremy Sohan was lottery pick in this draft this year. Kendall Brown was also drafted. Matthew Mayer entered the transfer portal and went to Illinois. But outside those few pieces, Baylor looks to be reloaded. Adam Flagler, who led the team in scoring last year, will return for his senior season. Breakout star LJ Cryer, who exploded last year and jumped from three points per game to 13 on elite three-point shooting returns. Top 10 recruit Keontae George joins the team. And his three-level scoring and shot-creating ability will be a major plus for Baylor next year. I believe he'll be able to thrive in Baylor's four-out-one-in system because of that ability to get tough buckets, where whether it be around the rim or just a pull-up jumper. Uh, Langston Love will come in for, for, for the first time this year. He tore his ACL before last season and did not suit up. But the 6-4 scoring threat will be another solid addition for Baylor's scoring arsenal. Um, it's looking great for their offense. My main concern for this team, though, is their lack of a true traditional point guard. Uh, Flagler and Cryer both despite being 6'3 and 6'1 respectively, uh, both play the role of shot creators, not really uh, facilitators. And while they can play make, I don't know if they, they will fully uh, enhance that role of a facilitator uh, this year. Um, and I don't know if any of their returning or their new players will have that ability as well. Um, how much will that matter for their system? We'll just have to see. Um but if anything, minus health reasons, of course, uh, could set this team off track, I think it'll be that potential gap of a true one. And I wanted to address that point guard immediately uh, between the Adam Flagler and LJ Cryer. I think if there is going to be a guy, it's probably going to be Adam Flagler. Uh, but you have to really look and see if he's a natural fit. He's going to be one of these situations to where Flagler or even LJ Cryer, if it doesn't work out to Flagler, one of them is going to have to organically fit themselves into the role as point guard of this team and really get it together. Uh, both of these teams, they can score. I mean, Adam Flagler among the league's best returning scorers with nearly 14 points per game last year, really making himself known as an all-conference player. He was on the second team last year. Three assists per game, a couple boards per game, and just over a steal per game as well. And with a guy like Flagler, you get good experience. You get versatility in the backcourt. That's big, by the way. The versatility in the backcourt that Flagler brings with this problem, not having the natural point guard, I think that's big. And LJ Cryer as well. One of those players I think might be starting to realize his potential as a shooting guard. Maybe not so much a point guard, but as a shooting guard, he's really starting to realize his potential and finding his groove in the scoring department. 13.5 in the scoring department on an average per game last year for LJ Cryer. And Keontae George, Nick Vesterton as well, the program's best ever recruit. And he joined from the IMG Academy. He was there last season, a top three recruit from Texas. He's already impressed in global events, including last year winning the MVP of the 3x3 U18 World Cup. And Coach Drew has pretty much said all the good things about him. He's an elite scorer, an all-around player, yet in the passing and rebounding abilities. Could Keontae George become the guy at point guard? 
I think between George and Flagler, you have some options. You need to develop them into that point guard. Just based off experience, I think Flagler will get the first crack at it, but you never know. Things can really change over time. And it could also be a very fluid backcourt between Cryer, George, and Flagler if you want to play these guys at one, two, and three on the floor. You can certainly do that. Those are three really high-quality guards. The biggest problem for me, though, and the reason why Baylor is not the favorite to win the Big 12 is not the problem of the natural point guard. That's not the problem. It's the front court depth. I mean, you have someone like Jonathan uh, Tuama Chachioa. Uh, Hopefully, that's that's close to right. <laughs> um, he's still lingering from his knee injury suffered late last year. So you're having to really rely on a guy like Flo, uh, Flo Famba to really be that five. And to, and to be fair to, to Famba, he really elevated his play after uh, Trachroa's injury, still under 10 points per game. And you do have the backcourt options as your primary options, but in the year of the big, you need to have some depth there. And right now, there's not neither a star or depth in the front court. That's an issue for Baylor. And you also have West Virginia transfer Jalen Bridges, who was, a, was the biggest contributor for West Virginia last year, started all 33 games, only player to do that for West Virginia last year. Very efficient, great score. Excuse me, and he knows the Big 12. I think that's the really big thing to keep an eye on with, I mean, with transfers here. I mean, you've got a guy like, McCul- like McCuller for Kansas, Bridges for Baylor. You'll hear more later on in the program. They know the Big 12. And knowing the Big 12 is just crucial. So, I mean, it's a gauntlet. It is the nation's gauntlet as far as conferences go. And f- to get back to the Baylor front court. You have some forwards in the depth that can do the job. You have plenty of them, actually, which is a good thing. You have to really try it out. Uh, but some guys will have to really step up into bigger roles. Um, will it be a guy like BYU transfer Caleb Loader who could step up and be a really good contributor for Baylor as a six-man, per, uh, perhaps? Could it be someone little deep down, like a Zach Loveday, could he break out and get himself a lot more minutes this year, which I think is probably going to have to happen early on, considering the non-conference schedule. Virginia in day one of a two-day MTE, either Illinois or the second day, Gonzaga, Marquette, Washington State, and of course the usual lesser suspects within the schedule, in the mid-majors. So early on, Baylor is going to be tested. And they're going to find the bigs who can come in and really step in. Because Bridges and Thamba all game, they're not going to be able to go all game. You've got to find the other guys. And it's going to be down in some unproven forward, I think, to provide good minutes to really take the pressure off Thamba and Bridges. And even the backcourt as well, even though they are the primary three options of this Baylor team. And, and for the moment, that's sort of the situation with Bridges and Thamba. I mean... Trauma Chachoa with his injury when he ever gets back could be in there. But that's the other big question. Can Baylor stay healthy? I mean, it's not just uh, Chachoa. Cryer, Love, uh, Langston Love, that is. Flagler, I mean, they're coming out some big injuries. So you're really going to have to keep an eye on this team. If they don't stay healthy, Baylor's status as a top two team in this conference might be in trouble. I'll describe the contenders from Texas in a moment. But that's just sort of the way it is in the Big 12. With anyone, any year. You know, if you get injured, you're going you're gonna to lose some games that perhaps you weren't expecting to at the start of the year. It's just it's, that's that simple. The, that, that's the unique thing about the, about the Big 12 Conference is when you have a conference like this, 
you get injured, there's going to be at least three quality teams ready to challenge for your place. That's just the way it is. So health is going to be a big thing for this Baylor program. And quite frankly, there are way too many questions here to reject a Big 12 championship for Baylor. It's a great team. They're going to get back to the second weekend, depending on the Flagler Choir um, duo, the experienced duo, how well Keontae George steps into this Baylor team. He's one of the best freshmen in this conference. Shows how well can he prove himself. Uh, that, that's, the big clear, that's the big question here. And if those three guards really put in a good amount of work, I think that they can override some of the issues down low. But it's going to be a big question mark going forward. I really want to see in the first few days before Virginia how well Bridges and Thumba, how well they operate together as a front court duo. If they can operate really well together, show some chemistry, and especially with Thumba, show the size of a 6'10 center. I think that's the big, big thing for, for this team. I mean, they have the pieces in the backcourt to be one of this co- these conferences' best backcourts and almost by default, one of the conference of the nation's, I should say, best backcourts. It's just there's a lot of questions here, this Baylor team, health, front court, you know, just how well George can play, just how special can he be. Flag or Cryer, whichever one of those, that would be, be the point guard, or even George, will it, will it be a really good natural fit there at point guard? It's a big question for me, and we'll really have to find out just what ends up happening over the course of time. But a lot of questions here, but the big takeaway here, Baylor's still a great team. They are still a great team, and just knowing the culture that Scott Drew has set and how Baylor teams have performed in, in years past under his watch, I wouldn't expect it to disappointment from Baylor. I would not expect a down year from them. There's just a lot of questions right now for this Baylor team to really get back to the second weekend, which should be their goal under Scott Drew. It really should be. The way Scott Drew has that program going, it now should be a consistent second weekend program. It, it really should be. And I mentioned the contenders from Texas early on. We're going to get to that right now. A couple teams really to watch out for, Texas and TCU. We're going to get to Texas first, the most polarizing university in the Big 12 for now until they in Oklahoma leave the conference. And certainly Chris Beard, Texas program, looking for the second weekend this year. Let's hear some more thoughts here from Nick Keneally first before I get into the fray. Looking at the way Texas ended its last season, a tough loss at the end of its bout with Purdue in the second round of the tournament, uh, it's hard not to want more from this team. And with eight of their rotational pieces returning, those wishes may be granted. Uh, Tyrese Hunter transfers from Iowa State. The six-foot point guard is an established playmaker who can likely fit into any system. Um, But besides Hunter, the rest of Texas' projected starting lineup is returners, most of them being seniors. Um, And most of the Longhorns' rotational pieces this year are also returners from last year's mass transfer class. Um, Marcus Carr and Timmy Allen look to be the uh, front two men on this team and will also have to make the biggest jumps Uh, Carr averaged 11 points last season, but was overall slightly disappointed compared to his prior tenure with Minnesota. Uh, Allen shined last season as a versatile wing, a great mid-range scorer and rebounder. But if Allen can become a better shooter from the perimeter, uh, that would make him one of the more unstoppable forces in the Big 12. Um, And I think overall, Texas' success is going to be based on how all of their transfers from, from last year can improve. And I think Chris Beard in his second year of coaching the squad will really have to focus on on that. 
Um, but if they can get things moving in the right direction, I could see this team potentially being a, a top three team in the conference. But uh, things would have to go very right for them. Everything would have to go uh, moving in the right direction. Gears all clicking. Pistons firing. Uh, things would have to be perfect. And here's the thing, too, for Texas. I think that's going to be very critical. Um, well, before I say that, let's get to the players. I mean, Timmy Allen led the team in scoring and rebounding last season. He has really improved his strength. I think that's a big key for Timmy Allen. Uh, one, to get this Texas team going in the right direction uh, within the context of the NCAA tournament, but also to increase his prospects of the NBA. Uh, for someone like Marcus Carl, the Minnesota transfer, the decrease in production was absolutely expected because his role changed. He wasn't the number one option every single time. You know, he could pass the ball a little bit more. He can score a little bit less, not necessarily relied on all the time to get all the production. Still an all-conference guard, which I think is key. And he's told, he said to uh, Blue Ribbon, unfinished business. It's the reason he's back. It's, it's a good stop there. And he is someone who has better suited for a spot at shooting guard, which will become available because of Tyrese Hunter. Can nearly mention him, the Iowa State transfer a natural point guard. Look at that. A natural point guard for Texas. And it's an impactful guard as well. Someone who scored 11 points per game and had three and a half rebounds per game. And more importantly, nearly five assists per game. That's a huge impact. That's going to make Texas better. And some of the other senior forwards, the experience can really mention uh, Dylan Disu, Christian Bishop. They're going to have to really improve in their starting roles, particularly Bishop. I mean, 20 minutes a game, 7 points per game, 5.6 rebounds per game. It's not bad. I would like to see that improve. That's the big thing here. And you also have some other players named Brock Cunningham is still, um, still down there expecting a bench role. Could his minutes improve? Also, New Mexico State transfer, Sir Jabari Rice. Great numbers at New Mexico State last year. Someone you would really expect uh, to really take off. Now, to the point I was going to make. Chris Beard did not get hired at Texas to make the second round and lose. Think about it. Why did Shaq is smart get ousted of Texas? The upset against Appling Christian in round one. Texas has much higher ambitions than just a single round improvement. You got to get this team to the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. The recurring chorus there. Big experiences here in droves. Tyrese Hunter is going to really improve this team. You have a great core, and Hunter adds to it. Make the second weekend. If Texas fails to get to the second weekend, or fails to really put themselves in the position to where they will be favored to get to the second weekend, I really think we got to start asking questions of Chris Beard. Because when Texas gets to the SEC... In a few years, this will not be easier. The SEC is just as good up top. And you're going to really have to battle there too. It's a huge year for Chris Beard. He has to prove right now that he can get Texas to the second week of the NCAA tournament. Not a year from now. He's got to do it right now. And if he can't do it, there will be questions asked. Because the second round is not the ambition. It's the second weekend in the Sweet 16 and onward. The second contender from Texas, TCU. This could be a huge year for the Horn Frogs. Let's get Nick, Nick Keneally's thoughts here on the Horn Frogs. 
TCU showed a good amount of potential last season, making the second round of the tournament, uh, showing a good amount of promise. The major core for, of the Horned Frogs return this year. Uh, the key difference to watch for this year is how they can improve their three-point shooting. Not not even a top 300 team nationally in three-point percentage last year. Uh, that's the main thing TCU needs to focus on if they want to make a run for the Big 12 title. Um, Mayas are on My- Mike Miles, the junior combo guard who led the team in scoring last season. Uh, Miles is an absolute bucket inside the arc. Uh, around the rim and in the mid-range, Miles can get it to go. Um, but if you want to be your team's leading scorer, especially as a guard, you need to get it to go from the perimeter as well. Uh, and shooting 20, 29.5% from beyond the arc isn't going to cut it necessarily. Um, and I, I do think it could have just been a down season for Miles. He shot much better in his freshman year. Uh, so if he can find that touch again, I think you're looking at one of the p- most premier players in the Big 12. Um, and if the team, rest of the team's returners, looking specifically at other lead scorers, Damian Baugh, um, Emmanuel Miller, if they can also get their three-point shot rolling, I think this team can make a run in the Big 12 tournament, uh, possibly making the, the conference championship, uh, which breaking past either Kansas or Baylor will be a major, major challenge. Uh, but like before, it's all about how they can improve. This is the big, that's the big thing for TCU improvement. And Mike Miles, I mean, Nick hit this thing in the head. He is a bucket. He is a contender for conference player of the year. He is one of the players, best, not one of the conferences, I should say, best players. He is that good. And he is going to be someone who is the number one focus of any game plan on TCU. I mean, some of these other players as well, Damian Ball was someone that Nick mentioned as well. He showed great improvement at TCU last year getting better from his time at Memphis. Let this team in assists last year, four and a half assists per game. Can he become more efficient? Same question for Miles. Can he become more efficient? Emmanuel Miller as well, very versatile, can stretch the floor, great defensively. Chuck O'Bannon as well, another four. He's got a great defensive ability, and he can really play with passion as well. He can really fire this team up. Really like that. Eddie Lampkin, he also can improve in a good amount of areas. Conditioning especially. That is something to watch out for. As a 6'11 center, he's going to be the guy there, but you have a lot of other experience as well and a lot of returning production. I mean, you look at someone like uh, Mackay Peavy, the junior forward, also someone coming in of Oklahoma State who knows the Big 12, knows the theme there again, Rondell Walker. Not as much production in Oklahoma State. He's hoping for a better role, but we'll see if he actually gets it or not. Then you have some other juniors and seniors here. Xavier Cork, junior forward. Um, also, uh, Shahada Wells, the senior guard there. Uh, maybe we'll get some more time. We'll have to find out. But really for TCU, the potential was shown from this team. The potential was shown in the second round against Arizona. One of the best games of the entire tournament. And TCU really pushed Arizona. Can the Horn Frogs expand on that? And it all comes down to efficiency. It all comes down to shooting and, and, and fixing the turnover problems. Forget the turnovers for a second. If TCU does not ensure improvement from shooting, forget their expectations. Not only will they underachieve, they will underachieve dramatically. You cannot shoot the ball poorly in the Big 12 Conference and expect to get away with it. You can't do it. You can't. Maybe you'll get you an 8 or 9 seed, but I know that's not TCU's goal. They had everyone, almost everyone back. They want to improve, and they don't want to fall into a second-round game against a one seed again. Shoot the ball better. 
that will not happen. Another year of disappointing shooting will almost assuredly lead to disappointment. And that's the biggest question mark. And that's not a good question mark to have. You know, for this much experience, you would really hope that TCU really gets better. And it would be very disappointing for the shooting to not come together. It would be. And that would be a shame because this TCU program, this is about as excited as they've been in years. But you have to show the improvement. Well, the next time will go away so, so quickly. So the Big 12, I call it the gauntlet. Big reason for that. It is one. Top to bottom, this is the best conference in the country. And except for one year where three teams were not good, every team is good. Every team has the talent. Someone has to fall into the last place trap. I want to go to every other team in this conference just briefly and really explain the reasoning why they are not one of the featured four teams here. Texas Tech would have been in that last segment. The $4 Zamac. His foot injury, really, really bad. Really bad. The longer AMOC is out, the bleaker Texas Tech's prospects are this year. And there are other great pieces of this team. You have Oregon transfer, Davion Harmon. You have North Carolina transfer, Curran Walton. You have Texas transfer, Jalen Tyson. You retain Kevin O'Banner's services. You have some other players here. You have a lot of decent freshmen here. It's, it's a really solid team. But, uh, and Amox injuries really going to prove this point. Daniel Bacho, the sophomore 6'11 center, may have to step into that role. Just how good is he in that role? Played less than 10 minutes a game last year. How good is he in more minutes? It's a big question because he's the next man up. And that's going to be a big, big question here. And also for the, for the transfers, I mean, Tyson and Walton did not get too much time in their former homes. How good are they? Are they going to be able to really get it going with guys like Harmon? Or is the chemistry going to get together? A lot of the same questions we ask them was every team nowadays in the transfer portal era. So that's something to really, really keep an eye on for Texas Tech. Oklahoma State, good, good class of returners of this team. The experience is there in droves. That's a big deal in the, in the gauntlet. It's a big deal. You know how to deal with the night-to-night pressures of facing really good teams every single night with no off days, almost. No off games. You have your team right here with this experience in droves. So could very well be the last shot before Oklahoma State falls more. Banned from the postseason last year. 8-10 in conference last year. The shooting is a problem. They need to shoot the ball better. They do, from the, from the, uh, from the guards in particular. I mean, you look at someone like a uh, transfer from High Point, John Michael Wright, he comes in with 36.3% three-point shooting. He may be the number one guy. I would love to see that go up a little bit more than that. would love for that to happen. Avery Anderson, the senior guard, 32.4% from three. I would love to see that go up by about five to six percentage points at least. Bryce Thompson, 29% from deep. He's going to have to really improve on that. So you really, I mean, if you get the shooting figured out, the Cowboys are going to be incredibly dangerous and Stillwater will be electric. I've been in that arena before. It's a great arena and it really has to design to 
really bring in the noise. That was my Fox Sports notification of the Padres beating the Mets, by the way, in case you heard that. It's a big, big question mark, and it might be a question mark of the shooting that it's just giving it to you how to overcome. We'll have to find out, but Oklahoma State is a team to really watch. They can be dangerous with all that experience. Iowa State. Every time you mention Iowa State, you got to think defense. Always one of the best defensive teams in the country. Last year, the problem was offense. This year, the problem is offense. The same offensive issues in this Iowa State roster, they still have six, despite the transfer hole, which was great. Jared Holmes and Olsuna Suni from St. Bonaventure. Jeremiah Williams from Temple. Hayson Ward from VCU. That's a solid transfer hall for this team. And you retain Gabe Kalashore as well. You got a lot of decent guys here, but once again, it's shooting. Once again, Holmes, 27% from three. Jeremiah Williams, 23% from three. Kalashore, 23% from three. And you'll get a guy like uh, Aljaz uh, Kunik, the redshirt senior forward who could be in line for some major minutes. From the floor, 41.9%. That's not going to work. Got to improve on that. I mean, that's going to be the difference between excelling and falling in the bottom three. They've got to improve on that. West Virginia. And for West Virginia, Oklahoma, and Kansas State, I'm probably going to say the same thing. The talent is there. You're just in the toughest conference in the country. It really is that simple. Another good... Transfer hall with guys like Trey Mitchell from Texas, knowing the Big 12. Eric Stevenson from South Carolina. Joe Toussaint from Iowa. Some good pieces here. They lost a lot last year, though, coming into this year. And some of these chances got to be expected to step in immediately. I like the experience level. They have that in droves. They have a lot of seniors on this team, which is really good to see. You really just have to figure out the talent here and that's just be the situation there particularly up front that really becomes the issue i think up front where's the big production going to come from a lot of questions there talents there to make the ncaa tournament since you're in the toughest conference in the country oklahoma same thing oklahoma has one of the best transfers in this conference this year in nevada transfer grant shearfield really great guard scoring over 19 points per game for nevada last year 6.4 assists per game. He'll be the natural point guard, and he will be dangerous. He will be. And they have a solid returning forward and senior Tanner Groves, nearly 12 points per game last year, nearly six rebounds per game. Could he take a step up? We'll have to find out. Other seniors who are going to have to improve. Jalen Hill, 30 and a half minutes per game last year and couldn't crack 10 points per game. Would love to see him crack that magic number. Jacob Groves will take on more minutes. He needs to produce more. Less than five points per game last year and just over 17 minutes per game. The minutes per game will go up. The production needs to go up. It is as simple as that. A lot of what-if questions that keep Oklahoma from being projected to make the NCAA tournament. But this is one of those things you really going to have to keep an eye on. In Kansas State, this is one of those programs you just got to feel bad for, and particularly for a first-year head coach, Jerome Tang. Again, talent's there. You could be a really solid team in a lot of 
conferences, including some power conferences. You could be. It's just you are in the Big 12. And you lose a guy like Nigel Pack, who transferred to Miami. It's a big blow. It's a huge blow. I don't think a guy like Marquise Noel, senior guard, I don't think he's going to replicate what Nigel Pack did for Kansas State last year. I don't think that's going to happen. A lot of transfers coming in. So once again, the chemistry questions got to be asked. I mean, you can see it all in practice. But until you see chemistry come together in a game, that's what happens. You can see it all come together in practice. But until the team really goes through the trials and tribulation of three minutes of basketball, that's when the chemistry can get tested at times. So that's going to be the big thing for Kansas State. And this could be a brutal year for them. They will find a way to excel in non-conference play, I feel like. Just not in conference. And that's going to be the biggest thing for Kansas State. Realistic NCAA bid goals. I mean, if you can get 70% of your league in, that's a really big mark. That's impressive. Um, but any talks for an 8-bid eight, eight league, not going to happen for the Big 12. 7, I don't know if it's a stretch to say that. But you really have to see it proven in practice. Six. That's the realistic number for me. Six. So you're going to have, and it might end up being four teams here. Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, West Virginia. You could see Oklahoma and Kansas State trail off. But those four teams could end up fighting for two bids for representation from the Big 12. Keep an eye on it. Those mid-level Big 12 games mean everything. For conference tournament seating, you're also dealing with likely bubble teams here. Let's keep an eye on them now. The mid-pack of this conference is as entertaining as any other conference in the country. Maybe even more entertaining than any other. Keep an eye on To get to the business end of our program, to our preseason honors, our players, transfers, and freshmen of the year, let's go to Nick Keneally first for his freshman of the year. The freshman that I'll be watching the most and the one that I'll be predicting to win Big 12 Freshman of the Year is Keontae George of Baylor, uh, the number seven national recruit according to 24-7 Basketball. Uh, George is an elite shot creator that can get the ball in the basket uh, from all three levels. He's explosive. He's versatile. He has the craftiness to get to his shots and the precision to knock down those pull-ups. Uh, he has the frame and athleticism to shine as a defender. His talent and versatility puts him in a position to be one of the best players in the conference, let alone freshmen. Uh, I have the utmost excitement to watch how George plays for the Bears this season. I absolutely agree with this. Keontae George is that guy, and he's going to be expected to take on a huge role for this Baylor team. Also keeping an eye on Grady Dick, but I just don't think he's going to be able to match what Keontae George is able to put out there and. Depending on what Keontae George does, you could see him become a converse, part of the conversation for player of the year, but too many veterans for me to get him into that particular conversation. Let's go to transfers of the year next. Here's Keneally. Starting off my list of the top three transfers of the Big 12, I'm starting at number three with Kevin McCuller Jr. of Kansas. The 6'6 transfer from Texas Tech, as I discussed before, is an absolutely versatile machine. Uh, he can guard the 1 through 4. He can get it going on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, a 30% three-point shooter. He's not the best behind the arc necessarily, but if he can pin that down a bit, uh, he can be one of the impact players on the on this stacked Jayhawks roster. Um, next on my list at number 2 is Grant Sherfield of the Oklahoma Sooners. 
Uh, Sherfield is a 6'2 guard from Nevada who shined in the Mountain West, averaging 19 points and 6 assists in his two years with Nevada. Um, projected to be the Sooners' starting point guard, he can set a new tone for Oklahoma, who had a gap in their backcourt following last season. Uh, he can do it all with the ball in his hands. Uh, as a skilled scorer and playmaker, really excited to see how he can do in this conference. Um, but at number one on my list of transfers in the Big 12, I have Tyrese Hunter of the Texas Longhorns. Um, discussed before, the transfer from Iowa State is only is one of the only fresh pieces on a Texas team that looks at proven themselves as winner this winners this year uh hunter is a skilled playmaker and scorer around the rim he struggled a bit from behind the arc in his first season but as a young player i have full faith in him uh that he will improve and be the key to texas's offense and will be the most impactful transfer in the big 12 this season i've got the same three but a little bit of a different order here uh i do like grant Shearfield. i have a number three here playing for oklahoma he could run into some difficulties against some of the better backcourts in the country, but he is a star. He's a star in Nevada. I think he will absolutely prove himself in the Big 12 as well. He's just one of the weaker teams in the conference, and that could really be unfortunate for him. I think he will really – he's not going to shine quite as much um, within the uh, conversation of this conference as as if he were um, compared to, I should say – if he played for a team like Kansas or Baylor or TC or Texas, to mention those four in particular. I have Hunter at two, McCuller at one. And I'm, I'm going to explain this here. McCuller just has more experience in this conference. And I, I, I think that means something here. I mean, for, for McCuller, you're looking at a guy who has, he's done this before. He's a two-time honorable mention all-conference member. Um, and so he's done it twice. And he has the experience of the Texas Tech program. And, and that, to me, speaks a lot. I mean, you get multiple years of dealing with the gauntlet and on a team that has been expected greatness of as well. So you're getting the best environments on a nightly basis. You know, that means something. And, and that's certainly one of the things I have there. Now, if we're going off of impact, I absolutely believe that Tyrese Hunter is the guy. Uh, but really, I just think if we're just basing off of what, of what they present and what we have for, at this moment, I just think that McCuller is better. And it's not, it's not a knock on Tyrese Hunter. He's going to be a great player for Texas. Could even improve his numbers in some areas. I just think that the more experience for McCuller and having done all-conference honorable mention status twice, having the experience as a graduate transfer, and, I mean, he was really considering the elite program. I think he was either Kansas or Gonzaga at one point for McCuller. I, I think that is what we're, what we're looking at there with a guy like McCarr over Hunter, but I think it is very, very close and can't blame uh, Keneally for flipping that order there. Finally, the preseason player of the year race in the Big 12. Here is Mr. Keneally. Coming in at number three on my top three players of the Big 12 conference this season, I have to go with Keontae George, who I just picked as my Big 12 freshman of the year pick. Um, I think an all Big 12 first team nod for George is merely the floor of his potential as a player. Um, I've gotten into it before. I'll go into it again. I absolutely love George's game, uh, how he can create for himself. Um, and I think his poten- poten- chances of potentially being a, the Big 12 player of the year uh, will be how much he can impact Baylor's system. Uh, Baylor lacks that true point guard, uh, which can potentially deroot a team. But if George can come in and create shots to a degree that he's helping the team elevate and get those tough wins, uh, I believe he can get that nod. 
It'll be also interesting to see that race as he's also teammates with Adam Flagler, who I believe is another one of the more imp- the more premier players in the conference. Uh, but I don't think Flagler will have as much of an impact on Baylor's success this year as Keontae George. Coming in at number two, I have Jalen Wilson of Kansas. He participated in NBA draft combat activities following Kansas's national championship last season, uh, but he returned to the Jayhawks. Uh, which is a major, major bonus for them going into next year. Uh, he averaged 11 points and 7 rebounds for the Jayhawks last season. Uh, it showed a lot of versatility uh, contributing to Kansas's title run. Wilson's main vice, though, from last season was the perimeter shooting, uh, which he couldn't even surpass that 30% mark. Uh, but I have the complete faith uh, that not only will he up his three-point percentage from his 26% last year to possibly 35% plus, um, but he'll also make that leap to potentially being the best player in the Big 12. Um, but of course, coming in at number one, the best player in all of Big 12 basketball this upcoming season. Uh, I have no one else to go with but Mike Miles of the TCU Horned Frogs. Um, Miles, a junior combo guard who led the team in scoring last season, has the absolute potential to be the best player in all of Big 12 basketball. Um, this man is a bucket, primarily focused on scoring around the rim and in the mid-range. Uh, this is a player that can make an impact with the ball in his hands. Uh, his major downside, much like Jalen Wilson, is he struggled from behind the arc, shooting just under 30% from the three last season. Uh, however, he shot much better in his freshman season, uh, and I have the faith that he can find that shooting touch that he had before, um, and finding that will elevate him to be the best player in the Big 12. It's an interesting list here, and the order for certain is also very interesting. I mean, between guys like Mike Miles and Adam Flagler of Baylor, I'll get to Flagler in a minute, um, you, you have the intrigue there. I'm going to put Flagler at three. I think if Flagler steps into the nat- to, to a point guard role and becomes a natural fit over time, that will not happen instantly. I think Flagler can really lead this team in the conference play and be really, really good. There is no doubt that Keontae George will play a huge role for this Baylor team. And he will be the, will be the freshman of the year. May end up being the newcomer of the year if he include all the transfers, which will be huge uh, for, for Mr. George. I just think that if Flyer steps into the point guard role, not only excels, but really leads the team to success, I think Flagler's down there. I have Miles at two and Jalen Wilson at one. For me, I think you have to really consider... Jalen Wilson, if he really leads the charge for a Kansas team that wins the Big 12. I certainly think Mike Miles can go toe-to-toe with Wilson over the course of time and end up becoming the best player in this conference. But it is something to consider that Jalen Wilson, best player, best team, kind of got to go with that. I think that will end up being a very, very close race. Also consider Timmy Allen of Texas. A lot of different veteran options you can go with for the Texas Longhorns. Uh, but I think Allen is just the most proven of the Longhorns team. And if Texas is really going to show and show their weight and show their muscle as a top three team in the Big 12, I think he's going to be the reason he will be a big, big, big part of the Texas Longhorns really getting anywhere and being a success. So the ultimate business end of the program here, our preseason forecast, our top five here in the program, our top seven will be included on our Twitter page at College Bananas, and make sure to follow that as we'll have a lot of content from this show. And also next week, we'll preview the Big Ten, my written piece coming out later on in the week. But here is Bishop Keneally with his Big 12 preseason forecast. At number five on my list of the best Big 12 basketball teams this year, I have Texas Tech. 
um, another one of those schools that has a lot of transfers coming in. Um, this year they have Devion Harmon from Oregon and Fardaz Amak from Utah Valley. Um, I really think that they're going to have a big impact on this team this year. Um, my eyes are on Kevin O'Banner. Uh, he was really starting to settle into that uh, leading role for the Red Raiders last season. Um, and I think he can capitalize on that experience from last season to be able to lead this team. Um, not the highest expectations for them uh, in terms of how far I think they're going to do in the how much they're going to do in the Big 12 tournament, but I do have some faith in them to to get some good wins this season. Uh, at number four, I will be going with Texas, though. Um, talked about them a lot earlier. Um, all of their their second year transfers, I think, are going to improve this season. Um, also, you have Tyrese Hunter, the Iowa State transfer, coming in as their point guard. Uh, looking at Timmy Allen and Marcus Carr, as I discussed before, to, to really improve um, and start getting it kicked into full gear this season. Um, I think that if things go really well, they can even possibly see a top three uh, kind of look in the Big 12. But of course, I think the top three in this conference is very stacked. Um, at number three, I'll be going with TCU. Um, my eyes are on Mike Miles, of course, picked him to be my Big 12 player of the year. Um, big fan of, of him and how, how he complements this team. Uh, veteran point guard there to to lead a, a team of mostly returners actually so uh tcu for number three for me uh at number two i'll be going with with kansas um a couple of major pieces gone like oshay Ab- abjahi um but i i do have faith um in Jalen wilson uh their major returner i think that he he can be one of the best players in the big 12 and he'll be able to lead this team uh they have a couple five stars coming in grady dick mj rice i think that they'll fit right in with their uh rotation a lot of faith in them we'll be excited to see what they do this season um but not as much as hopeful for them as i am for the number one in my opinion uh the baylor bears um, won the national championship two years ago, couldn't get it done as mo- as recently as Kansas did. Um, but LJ Cryer out of Flagler both both went off last year for the Bears. They're both coming back. Uh, Keontae George uh, is a the, the, a top ten recruit coming in for the Baylor Bears. I think he's really going to succeed in their system. They don't really have a traditional point guard this year, so it's more up to how many different shot creators can they get going at a certain time. Um, and I think with this, this combination of players and their depth, I think that um, not only do they have the best chance of uh, being the best team in the Big 12, but I think that they can perhaps even go for another national championship run. Um, but those are my top five picks for the Big 12 Conference basketball. Yeah, and you have those five programs who are really, really strong. Uh, I do have this order flipped. Texas Tech at five, but this is very conditional on just how quickly Amok comes back from his foot injury. You know, if this thing lingers on too far into Big 12 play, this will hurt Texas Tech, and it will be a hole that is not insurmountable, but it will be very difficult to come back from. Amok's injury is going to be a big development. Keep an eye on the timing of this. Very conditional development, but I think it's a clear four, a clear top four here. For me, between Texas and TCU, I am favoring Texas over TCU. I just think the shooting question marks are just too big for TCU to really be confident about. I, I just think that that really is the case. And that's not to say that Texas doesn't have them either. 
but this is just really a, a team-wide thing for TCU. They're going to have to really improve quickly. And if they can't get the job done, watch out. TCU, like I said, could be in for a big-time underwhelming year compared to expectations. That's going to be a big problem for TCU. If they can't get it together, it's going to be a huge problem for them. Texas, the second-year transfers, I do trust them a bit more, not more than Mike Miles. Let's get that out of the way. Mike Miles is one of the best players in this conference. But as a whole unit, I do trust Texas a bit more in the regular season to get the number three spot. How that translates into March, we'll have to find out. But I do trust Texas a bit more for TCU for the third spot. TCU again at four. I like Kansas a bit better than Baylor at the number one position. I just think Baylor's front court depth is too much of an issue for me to project them as the regular season Big 12 champions. They're going to really prove something. Jalen Bridges, Flo Flop, are going to really have to prove something, especially up against Kansas's front court of Jalen Wilson and Ernest Udo Jr., two great guys. I do think that Kansas is front court without Baylor's uh, trauma, uh, Tatuola, Kansas front court gets the edge. I think that's the difference. I absolutely think that is the difference. And Kevin McCore can also kind of be wherever he wants. That's a it's a big deal for me. I just I, I like the overall team for Kansas a lot better than Baylor. Both Kansas and Baylor will be able to compete for a national championship. Let's get that out of the way. They will both be able to compete for the national title. The big question is which one of them wins over the other in the head-to-head. I think a split is very likely for this head-to-head series. But if one team gets the job done in the head-to-head and sweeps, that will be the difference maker. So keep an eye on that. Very close at one and two, very close at three and four. But my order is Texas Tech, very conditional on Amox foot injury, how bad, how quickly gets back, and just how he is after that foot injury. TCU at four, Texas three, Baylor two, and Kansas one for me. Keneally is going a little bit different there. Thank you so much to Mitchell Keneally. Had a really worked that out over the course of the last couple of days. And he was able to really provide some good pre-recorded analysis. Wow, he was doing a little bit of fall break celebrating with this family. I believe it was a bachelor party, if I'm not mistaken, out in Las Vegas. So big shout out to him for providing that and really providing his voice to the show and making it really sound really good. Um, so thanks, thanks to him for that. That'll be it for the Bonanza. The fifth of our six major conference periods is done, and the Big Ten is next. And the, and the Big Ten is the gauntlet of the Midwest, soon to be the nation, because USC and UCLA are just flowing themselves to the Big Ten in the future. But Big Ten, great conference. A lot of great players, just whatever reason, cannot get it done in March. Could this be the year? Could they have a team that can get the job done? talk about that next week a lot of great programs in the big 10 we'll have to really find out what the conference has made we'll talk about the conference next week here on the bonanza on blaze radio blazeradioonline.com seven o'clock on sunday nights every week you can find us there and also on your preferred podcast platform uh, if you want to listen to it a little bit later on or just refer back to it to find some freezing cold takes i certainly found some freezing cold takes going through some prior shows and, of course, our Twitter at College Bonanza. Be able to find some great content from 
this week's show and also my Financial Chronicle later on this week previewing the Big Ten. That's all the time we got. My name is Nicholas Hodel. And of course, what we do every week, it's one shiny moment right here on BlazeGradyOnline.com. Enjoy the week, everyone.